Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And the subject of tonight's show is, what's changed in your life? Yeah. And um, this evening, in particular, is uh, the eighth tone. Ebb. Ebb. And this is my Mayan sign in the long count calendar. Ebb is the tribe of the humanitarian. Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, uh, Gandhi, Ben Kingsley, a lot of people were born in that tribe. Mm -hmm. And Tone 8 is exploring options. So exploring options of your own humanity and allow yourself to, to be human as well as being a spirit being. Yeah, I harmonize in order to influence, influence which was a theme I was meditating on, incidentally and came up with the uh, idea of B to C. In other words, if mm -hmm. I want to see something, uh, if I want to see someone, I have to be that someone to actually see them, although they themselves may not be seeing them. However, B to C, which is also a musical step, but nonetheless, well, the idea of... Um, yeah, and what you're bringing up that. with that, too, is... You really, uh, a long time ago, it came to me that you're either experiencing or you're measuring. Mm -hmm. And if you're measuring, you're probably unhappy. And if you're experiencing, you are happy. Most, you're, you're happy. Mm -hmm. And it's in the measurement that we're unhappy. So to be it, then you can really know it. But to see it, you're in the measurement of it. So your, your uh, statement there had a lot of uh, depth to it yeah, when you look at it from see. that point of view, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it is, uh, we are now approaching the end of the first decade of the 21st century, and there have been a lot of changes. Well, actually, we already did, but, right? Wasn't that 2009? But yeah. Depending yeah. on the count, yeah. yeah. Um, so if we look at the first decade of the 20th century, mm -hmm. uh, in that first decade, the car came to be. The electric light came to be in that oh, time yeah, slot yeah. of the beginning. And the telephone began to exist, and radio was shortly thereafter. And it's an interesting echo in that um, around 1999, email stood for empty mail. Uh, <laughs> and now there's so much uh, email that um, yeah, I know you get 500 emails a week uh, to keep up with, and there's I get a fair about myself. Yeah. And uh, so email is anything but empty. So there's been uh, what has been a parallel between decades here is that the tech has expanded exponentially. You can now get TV on your computer, and you can get your computer on your TV. Mm -hmm. So the two have merged into one conglomerate of whatever that is exactly. But the, uh, the idea of this expansion and then the um, brain has expanded to meet the command of the expanding tech. In other words, the, uh, you can, the, the tech responds very much to your thoughts. Uh, I believe we're all becoming more aware of this sort of thing. If you're in your grumpy mood and the, the, mm -hmm. you know, the web will go down, you yourself can personally put the web down by being extremely angry and attempt to get a hold of your Absolutely email. Absolutely, it can. Yeah, it's amazing the authority we have over it. And it's amazing how we language it as having authority over us. This is one of the changes we can be putting in uh, here. 
So there are so many changes. Now, we got the equipment and we're going to be um, uh, translating our old pneumatic discs from around 10 years ago. Uh, so we've been watching and them. Before, yeah. And uh, many times we started the show with the statement that if you think someone who makes more money than you is more valuable than you, then turn off this show right now. Now, I wouldn't be, we wouldn't be saying that these days because that's common knowledge that the amount of money you make has very little to do with how valuable you are. In fact, it's no indicator whatsoever as a being, as an evolved being. So we wouldn't open with that anymore because we have evolved past that. And what is interesting to me is the number of things that are now common knowledge that we don't speak anymore that we spoke in the, you know, 10 years ago, a decade ago, we spoke a lot of we things were saying that is these, now well known. Yeah, we were saying things before they were cool, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, um, cool. They were very <laughs> shocking to people yes, at the time. we're but, ahead of the curve. Well, Look out, here it comes. Oh. Yeah, I think in a lot of yeah, ways, yeah, um, I've lived my life, I've always um, been interested in what's a new way of looking at things. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel we all really are happiest when we do that instead of looking at something that, well, I, I tell you the difference. Being conscious is like writing the travel guide. It's not visiting a, a, or looking at a brochure that somebody already went on that journey yeah. is writing. Those can be very inspirational. But what we've um, decided to do on this show or, or what we offer to people is a way to look at your everyday life from a conscious perspective mm -hmm. so that you're writing your particular unique path through your life and you can get inspiration from other people's paths but it's not a duplicate thing you don't get the brochure from Deepak Chopra's life and say okay that's my spiritual path um, I think people are so disconnected from their creativity most of the time because a lot of our learning institutions and, the, and what we present to our children and what we, what we go through is disengaging us from our creativity and putting us more into the measurement. And it's really about getting back into the creative flow of your life and your life path. Oh, very much. There are a number of quotes on this subject specifically. We have introduced so many new truths on this show, new methods of understanding, new forms of consciousness, that it's kind of not apparent, at least to me, it's, it's in a way second nature. It was um, Oscar Wilde that said, an idea that is not dangerous is not worthy of being called an idea. And Oppenheimer said that any new thinking is at first ridiculed, then violently opposed, and then accepted as self-evident. And this is what I'm saying for the 10 years that we've been doing this show. A lot of what we first said, whoa, well, that was more than ridiculed. People would be very angry at us for saying it. And then it became um, just plain self-evident. Nobody's opposing some of the things that we first introduced so many years ago. They're just common knowledge. Why would you even bring it up? Now, the reason we're bringing this up is to ask our um, constituency here to jog the papers to take a look at how far we have come in 10 years and therefore the potential of what more may be done in the next 10 years. Or, and so all of the, the concepts that we're introducing that are right now uh, very opposed by people, 
would you just knock that off? Just accept it and incorporate it into your being and move on. We are taught to be so conservative that a new idea is automatically, well, is there any, any track record for this thing? Has anybody well, ever done this before? Oh, go ahead. You're bringing up a good subject of skepticism. And I, I feel that people are brought up thinking that to be skeptical, you are taking care of your family. You're, you're going to be smart and savvy and not be taken advantage of. And there's, there's truth in that uh, to a degree. We don't, we're not talking about being polarized to the opposite where you just say, oh, yes, I'll drink the red Kool-Aid. That sounds fine to me. It, it's not Where's a matter of that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up with someone yeah, after good. the show. Yeah, good. No, I'm looking for okay. the red Kool-Aid. But, but it's not a matter of doing one thing over another. Remember, we don't teach you what to think. It's how to think. And how you think is to say what's right for me. And if you're constantly living somebody else's truth or taking somebody else's creativity and using it, uh, which I feel is an epidemic in, in the country now uh, because so many people are attempting to find footing with um, this illusion of the economy stuff uh, uh. That, that is crystallizing in 3D. That it, 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 but when you find your own creativity and connect with that, it's, it's powerful. It really is. Yeah, and by all means, and that could be the very first concept we're talking about, is to locate your own creativity and run with it, because that's something that's uh, really opposed in the corporate world, certainly, uh, even walking around. We've said so many times that uh, guilt trumps logic, uh, and that it's time to get over that, and it's time for us to be free, uh, to be a slave no longer, and yet there is this constant shackling of the spirit that goes on absolutely everywhere in the society. Uh, don't get up and rock the boat. The Japanese say the, a nail that sticks up is the one that gets hit, which is just so empowering to the Japanese <laughs> people. Uh, and we are saying they could use a revolution too. And if you speak to anyone who's English, um, and they'll say, oh, we had our revolution. It was called the Magna Carta. And, and we're saying we had our revolution too. We don't do kings anymore. And they'll go, hmm, okay. So let's have our own personal evolution revolution. If all Americans suddenly decided not to turn in an IRS form ever again, then that would be the end of that. I can tell you that. They cannot arrest all of us. There was a town in Italy. Apparently everyone knew everyone in this town. Imagine that. And they got Most together one day, and they like just that. stopped uh, paying the group, stopped paying taxes. So about a year later, the government shows up and says, you know, you didn't, you're not paying your taxes. And they go, yeah, well, we know. And, uh, and we're not going to. And we're not going to. And the government said, okay. uh, and they said, what are you going to do? Put a fence around the town and feed us? What are you going to do? And the government said, uh, keep your mouth shut, which is we'll odd to be hearing this. Over here. Yeah, odd to be hearing this story here in the United States, but nonetheless true. Uh, uh, in the um, Netherlands, they stopped giving out tickets. And there has been, since they stopped giving out tickets, there has been, I believe, a total of one fender bender. Now, you really do have to understand that in the Netherlands, almost nobody has a car. Everybody has a bicycle. You think the Netherlands are going to, like, outlive well, I've us? I've never been there, but most, most of the places in the world, except for major cities, people really don't all own a vehicle. Yeah, I think it's, unlike it's around very important. here. Yeah. But you know the, the whole idea of, of change, which 
I think it would be really wonderful for people to think about the question, what's changed in your life in the last 10 years, because yeah. it's a very quantifiable, neat little package yeah. of, of a period of time, and it just so happens it's been the amount of years, 10 and a half years, you and I have been doing the show, mm -hmm. or roughly, uh, mm -hmm. together. But change really is the constant. The only thing that, um, one of the core realities is that things do change. Even if they change into the same thing over and over, that looks like it's not changing, it's still a matter of change. And change is our greatest friend. Uh, we always look for it. Oh, you never change. Change is good. Change. But it's also our most feared enemy. Oh my gosh, you've changed. What happened? And so we're really, contra con it it's like makes us neurotic, running from mm -hmm. one of those beliefs to the other belief. And, and so it's making friends with the change by looking at it differently. Yeah. And I know we have a call. Yeah. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh, my, name is, my name is Carol. Hi, Carol. Carol, welcome. I haven't heard you discuss at any length on your programs. I don't watch you all the time, but I watch you some of the time on interpreting dreams. Mm -hmm. uh, specifically, I'm sure you both experience this. Sometimes you watch a dream, it's like watching a movie. Yeah. In other words, you're kind of sitting in the audience and you're watching these things happen in front mm -hmm. of you. Other times you actually are in the dream mm -hmm. and it becomes more of a reality than the reality that you are actually in, meaning oh, yeah. that, that you wake up and you're surprised that you're here as opposed to there. And I'm yeah. talking specifically about seeing a departed one mm -hmm. and feeling that it actually is real. Uh, is, that, is that a possibility, that, that you actually are seeing and talking to the person? Yes, yes. And, and my experience, or how, one way to look at that, is we are all made of vibration. I think uh, that's pretty acceptable now. Quantum physics is proving it, and even physics proves that we're vibrating atoms, space between the atoms, that we're not really solid objects and all that. Mm -hmm. Well, I look at our brain as a vibrational interpreter. And so we interpret it in the terms of this vibrational reality. And when we go to sleep, we don't have to be confined to that vibrational reality. And I feel that when people cross into spirit, they vibrate faster. Their spirit of them vibrates faster than the physical body does. And then they leave. And the physical body is left without the funding of the spirit. And that's what we call death or dying. Now, that vibrational reality of that spirit that is now on a different vibrational frequency plane has no problem at all um, communicating with us when we leave <clears throat> excuse me, this vibrational frequency when we go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Now what happens though after this communication, in order for us to remember this communication, we have to interpret it in terms of physical reality. So that's why sometimes we can dream of people in spirit and they may not even come in the form of what they look like or they can come in a symbolic way or they can come in the form of their body and actually talk to you. And so you can interpret those dreams symbolically, like sometimes they, they, are, they don't make a lot of sense, and so you can interpret them symbolically. In other times, it's a verbatim conversation that you've been able to convert that vibration of the conversation back into 3D memory. And it, so it does happen. The faculty of dreaming is a very interesting one. The, um, this occurred to me in meditation uh, just as I was waking up, I went into a meditation, which I do every morning. 
uh, and in this meditation, I, I asked for a review of my dreams, which is done all the time by, by us, you know, the idea of, hi, could I have the review of the dreams that I've just been having? And I found, um, uh, I was presented with a series of symbols when I asked for the review of dreams. And uh, then I noticed how very cleverly I had translated the events of the preceding day into symbolic form that would have, um, well, that was absolutely surprising. A plant grew that um, was to have been a morning glory, but I had never seen a morning glory with leaves like this or anything else. And uh, those uh, spiny leaves on this thing, not spiny, but um, finger-like leaves on this thing, which is not like a morning glory, had become a rib cage in the uh, okay, and so then I recognized that my feeling for the morning glory was symbolized by the heart. It, so I believe that makes enough sense to stop explaining it. Well, sure, but, sure. Yeah, so then the, the advanced forms of telepathy, which we will get around to teaching on this program, uh, talk about the idea of um, if, if someone speaks a language that you don't speak, the only way you can telepathically relate to it, everybody thinks it's done automatically, but not as quite as automatic as we think. Uh, if you're going to send a telepathic message to someone that doesn't speak your language, your brain would translate that message into symbolic form, and then you broadcast the symbols, and the other person picks up the symbols and then downloads it into their own language, and that's well, how interplanetary telepathy goes on, which is a very advanced form well, of telepathy. Well, absolutely. But a, just, uh, go ahead. Well, in, uh, are you done? Well, I just have something just to say a, before you change subjects. Well, I just... Uh, hey, guys, I'm not talking about the abstract. I'm not, I'm not talking about the abstract. I'm talking about actually seeing the person... Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about reality. Yes. Not, I'm not talking really about reality, too, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, 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 I'm talking about reality, too. Yeah, we agree with you that it is possible to have an absolute real conversation I with someone. I was explaining someone. the mechanism. Yeah, and we just got sidetracked on uh, other avenues of, of the phenomenon that is dreaming. That is uh, the, the least known and perhaps the most powerful of human faculty, but certainly the least known. I believe everybody will agree with that. And the power of it is unbelievable. And, and we've taught dreaming for so long. You can undream something if well, you want to. But yeah, I think I think we're pulling in power. a lot of a lot of elements here. Yeah, uh, true. But the fact is, is um, I, I explained to you the mechanism of how that is possible in your reality how it's possible to talk to people in spirit. Mm -hmm. They don't have bodies anymore, and so if you dream of them, I explain the faculty of how when we go to sleep, we raise to the vibration of people in spirit. Mm -hmm. And so we can bring back memory from that in the form of the dream and the conversation, and mm -hmm. we certainly do. We, we have conversation with each other. Uh, I, I've had conversations with many people through intent mm -hmm. when I go to sleep. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, thank you for calling. Yeah, this was it's nice an to hear from you. Call, and we'd love to hear from you again. This was, this sparked quite a bit of information. Well, and yes, it's possible to dream someone who has passed on yeah. in reality. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that 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 kind of brings up a whole other subject because uh, something that we're taught in mainstream is that there's one reality, oh, like yeah. this reality, uh, that is so un 
harnessable. I, I, I don't know if that's yeah. even a word, but it is now because I spoke it. Right, right. But there is no one reality. Oh, yeah. You can sit in your car and be thinking about driving somewhere. You're usually projecting into mm -hmm. the directions, remembering what your boss said yesterday. Each one of these is technically a reality. And so to, to say, okay, this reality and that reality, mm -hmm. they all exist. They coexist at the same time. And what we do is we get better and better able to take our perception point through open-mindedness mm -hmm. and be able to move through them. I've got an amazing coin. This is worthy of Urban Dictionary. And later on, I'll look it up to see if it's there. But the, real, uh, the, the coin, the word is reality Nazi. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. And the world is full of reality Nazis. Right. They're very left brain. They're very linear thinkers. They're very skeptical. And they're very old-fashioned. And they're very boring. And they are on their way out. And to be replaced by <laughs> well, the idea that... <laughs> I, okay. did, I, did I put too many I, words in there? No. Okay, you put so, just the right amount of words. Okay, so a reality Nazi, okay, is the idea that there's one and only one correct answer. One and only one correct answer is synonym for living in the box. In the box, there's one and only one correct answer. And we've said so many times, two plus two is nine minus five, uh, well, 10 minus six, uh, 11 minus seven. I meant to say 12 minus eight. So there's an infinite number of correct answers to everything. I agree. And yeah. I wanted to um, comment on the reality Nazi thing ah, because I, I agree with this. That's a, and that's the way, a great. Okay. I like that. Ready? Go ahead. Okay. Yes. Um, one thing that um, I figured out a long time ago I was teaching a psychic development class and I had my coffee mug sitting on a table between me and the other people. And I was giving the example that I can prove to them. I can get, take pictures, take, get a scientist in there and say that handle is on the left side of the cup. And I can do anything to prove that and I will be right. But at the same time, they're sitting on the opposite side of the table and they see the handle on the right and they can do the very same thing. And we can argue about that and that's what most humans do on the earth plane in the form of war and various other things is mm -hmm. sit and argue about a truth that is both are true. Yeah. They both are true. And what we would be better served doing is look at the view everybody has of that coffee cup and ultimately get a view of a 3D coffee cup. Mm -hmm. And then I started realizing that everybody is walking around with, an, with a subjective view of an objective reality. And this objective reality is like a yardstick they carry around and they feel these are the rules that all humans are supposed to live by. And if this person doesn't follow this rule, that means they're, I'm going to take this black marble and put it in the bad bin. And if somebody mm -hmm. follows the rule, okay, I'm going to put the good marble in that, realm, uh, in that bin, in the good bin. And so everybody is stressed out being a police, a reality policeman or a rule policeman. Reality Nazi. Every issue we have with another human being is because this other human being does not fall into an alignment with what we view uh, as re objective reality, which there is no objective reality. There are only a bunch of subjective realities. Mm -hmm. But the more you allow into your reality, the bigger view you're going to have. I look at it as belief systems are these bubbles and that the bigger you get and the more belief systems you can hold within you, the more you know. 
And you said years ago, those who change lead those who do not change. And, and so that's really that what it's about. So yeah. if you find yourself defending something or being angry about something, it's, it's usually your higher self getting you to bust out of that bubble and get into a bigger room. Belief systems are hallways that you pass through, not rooms that you live in. I remember being a kid and watching George Burns and Gracie Allen. Oh, and yeah. Boy, does that give away your age. And uh, the thing about that is that um, she had ordered a dozen teacups and <laughs> was very upset oh, because oh. they were left-handed teacups. And oh. George came in and looked at the whole situation and told her, go ahead, send them back, get right-handed teacups. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. so loving. He validated yeah. her reality. Yeah, well, that was very interesting because that is the way that whole thing works. So everybody has a correct point of view. There is no human being that does not it's have... It's all reality. Yeah, yeah. And also, not that interesting, at least to me at this point. You know, go and have whatever reality that is that you wish to have. And what I know is that if I believe there's one correct answer, I'm missing the boat in such a big exactly. way. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and that would be the definition of the um, reality Nazi, is the belief that there is a correct answer. Well, so the stepping out of the box is the searching for mm -hmm. yet another correct answer. Now, I, that leads us to the conversation and realization both that the answer that serves you well depends on what you're doing. So if you are balancing your checkbook, then two plus two equals four is the answer that serves you well. And if you are teaching numerology, then two plus two equals 22, and that is the one that serves you well. And if you are in ballet class, two plus two is a dress that you put on and dance around. And so two plus two has many, many definitions. But the idea that there's one and only one isn't it. Well. And it's, it's circumstantial. It's really, it, it, uh, the thing that I, I heard many years ago, either you're measuring or you're experiencing. Yeah, yeah. And either you're measuring what everyone else is doing around you and having to have that fit in with this yardstick that you're carrying and that things can't be safe unless thing, everybody's going by that yardstick. If you open up and, and look at it with love, it, it's really a whole different ballgame. Oh, yeah. well, I have a little game I would like to play. If sure. this would be a good Let's time. And anybody out in the audience that would like to participate, and those in the studio too. First, um, well, it'd be kind of nice if somebody would call in, but I guess we can do it like this. Yeah. Write down what your favorite animal is, or think about it. And then write three adjectives that describe that animal. For instance, if you were to say deer is your favorite animal, you could say, well, they're, they're gentle. Uh, peaceful and uh, innocent or something like that. Okay, has everybody got your animal and your three adjectives? And then what is your favorite color? And then write your three adjectives for the color. For instance, blue, you could say cool or peaceful, serene, or red, it would be excited, loud, whatever those terms would be. Okay. So, okay. Uh, if, so oh, go ahead. What, what are you going to say and then I'll finish? The, what well, I was just going to play the game, but go ahead, finish with the introduction to it. Okay. Um, well, or what, anyone can play it. Okay. Well, then maybe we can use yours as an example. 
And if everybody's got yours down, what your favorite animal represents is what your true inner nature is. Mm. What your favorite color represents is a persona that you put out there to, to the world, that you want the world to think about you. Oh. So, who would like to speak theirs? Anybody in the... Would anybody like to speak yours? Come on. I didn't want to put people on the spot since this is a... Okay. I'll, I'll do me then. Okay, if, so give me and let me do the so interpretation there for you. My animal would be the owl. Owl. Okay, and your three adjectives? Um, regal, nocturnal, and intellectual. Okay, and that, that, is, that would be your true inner nature, and I would say that's true. Okay, and uh, the color would be turquoise, which I believe to be an intelligent color. Not that okay, some what colors adjective are dumb. did you write? Yeah, intellectual. Okay. Okay. And then um, uh, clearly watery and uh, feel that it has a, uh, an inherent female energy to it. Okay. So what that's saying is uh, the personification that you present to the world is more feminine and soft, um, that kind of intelligence, whereas your real native intelligence is more withdrawn. So you feel like that that's something that, that is sense. in the personification. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. we do. I mean, we all have a persona that we put out there. When we are little kids, we're taught that certain things give us gold stars and mommy smiles and things like that, and certain things don't. Mm -hmm. We have a call. And I like to perch in trees at night. So Well, that that's works, true. And he goes, whoo, 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 all the time. Woo, it just woo. drives me nuts. Yeah. Whoop. Okay. Now, I went to Harvard, so it's... Hmm. You didn't go to Harvard. I did so once I was there. Okay. All right. I read um, about it once. Yeah, okay. I have 98.6 degrees, so I've been to every university. Yeah. I've been uh, to the universe. Okay, hi, our hi, caller. We'll stop hi, making caller. What's your name, jokes. please? Tiana. Hi. Tiana, what can we do for you? Well, I'm calling for the answer to the quiz. Okay, excellent. <laughs> excellent. My favorite animal is a horse, and I called, I used to own a horse, and I said it, they're wild, electrifying and beautiful to watch. Oh, now that's the real you. And uh, little did I know, and my favorite color is green, and I see it as very loving, makes me feel self-confident to wear it and dependable. <laughs> ah, so next time your, your boss is making you work late again, maybe you'll know to change your favorite color. No, to let your true inner wildness out. But you well, can see now what with that, with just the description of the green, it can reflect our upbringing that says, no, it's not okay for you to be wild and electrifying. You have to be dependable and, conf and make other people feel confident because the way you describe self-confidence well, actually, my upbringing was to be invisible, European upbringing, to be, to be seen yep. but not heard. And that's why your underground, your true personality went underground to be the, yeah. You remember but, that? But Invisible? I, remember soap? <laughs> okay. Yes, but I um, actually had a question to ask. Uh -huh. And that's okay. that um, I have a gentleman, I'm a widow, and I have a gentleman friend who is a widower who raised, he's 64 and raises foster kids and one child of his own. And I was always left on my own when I was young. And uh, he is totally opposite. He is disciplined and 
I really am wild and electrifying, <laughs> and uh, and and like to look beautiful, and and uh, he is all about sacrificing, and um, his house just burned, and his wow. adopted daughter is in jail for the third time and doesn't want to come home, and and I'm wow. trying to see how I and, and I don't like raising kids, and he has two seven-year-old foster kids. I'm going to be 68. <laughs> My gosh. Now, this is somebody that you're seeing now? Yes. Wow. He's a, he's a widow of 21 years, widower now, of 21 now, years, and I'm a widow of three and a half years. Wow. Now, one thing, I think this is so beautiful because you, you are illustrating, and, and it's so wonderful for us to see how simple things really are, even when they look really complex. The fact that that idea of growing up invisible and that there's a lot of duty to life and things like that, and yet your wildness wasn't compatible with that, so you were forced to put them in separate rooms in your existence, and he's reflecting that and giving you an opportunity to no longer feel guilty about who you truly are. And you probably are reflecting something within him, an inner wildness, and you guys may be very compatible in that way, in that he is looking to you to see that it is okay, and sometimes we love the world not through sacrifice. I'm gonna say always, but love the world not through sacrifice but through direct being who you are and letting that shine as bright as it can well, mm -hmm. i'm i'm playful and full of joy and he's full of gloom and doom but i was wondering if i could also ask you for a reading um sure yeah we'll, we'll, do, we'll that. do that right after the duck yeah and just wanted to add in the chakra system the area that is given as green is also the heart mm -hmm. the heart is given two colors pink and green and the green is the healing heart and the pink is the loving heart. So maybe there is a more of a healing faculty in you to um, has been developing, will develop more. And uh, just one more uh, in this continuum. Well, I, just, I just finished building this, uh, late last night, finished building this particular waveform, which is um, uh, green adventurine and jade together. Uh, and these two particular stones just said, hey, we're it, quit fooling around, build the chassis. You know this has been coming for a long time, and, you know, stones talk to me, and, you know, and that's, yeah, here we go. And that, it just struck me as uh, such a grand creation, this particular waveform generator. And if you have the third eye open, you can see the little field uh, that exists between the ball and the Yes, the it's point. quite lovely. Yeah. Quite lovely. Um, just uh, one more oh, comment ahead, about sure. where you said that, that it might be talking about a healing ability. I'd like to really um, make it known that the color is what we feel we must project in order to be approved of. Mm -hmm. And so often we think that we have to be out there healing and giving on this certain mm -hmm. narrow band of what's acceptable in, in everybody's rule books and playbooks that they have in the game of life, that this is what love and giving looks like. And sometimes love and giving means not giving on the material level. And to allow that person to find it themselves and a lot of other things too. Yeah, Do we have many, another call? Many no? years ago I read a book on the subject of rays. Uh, and this book was stating that we human beings arrive in a certain color, in a certain waveform, and one moment. Uh, in a ray, and I know for a fact that I arrived on a chartreuse, a yellow-green ray, and I know this because one night when I was woken up in the middle of the night, I stood up and was about to put my hand on the wall in order to steady the skeleton 
till I could get back into the balance that is required to walk around in a skeleton. As my hand went up against the wall, I noticed that my hand was giving off a yellow-green mm-hmm. light. So that just fell uh, complete to me. That's great. And so I asked for colorotomy and was later on given it. And so let's go on to our next uh, caller. Hi, caller. What is your name or nom de plume, if you wish? <laughs> I'm Carrie. How are you, Neville? How are you, Mary? Hi. Oh, good. Great. How are you? Yeah. Good, thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I thought out about the animal, I thought of a dog. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the three things um, came up as intelligent, loyal, and loving. Mm-hmm. And then when I thought about the color, I thought about red. And the three things that came into my head was strong, striking, and, uh, you know, passionate. Mm. Ah. So, well, that... Now, I'm not saying that, you're, that you don't have the passion and all that within you, but the idea, now you said strong, passionate, or and what? Striking. Striking. Red is like very striking. Okay. Yes. Then what we can look at with the color is that might be what the feedback from the world has given us that, is, that tells us that's what they want from us. And it can be a lot to maintain a certain level of passion like we feel like we have to be striking and, and passionate and that's what we have to deliver and that inside you're a loving, strong, loyal person and that those two could be at odds with each other because a, a lot of times um, we think in order to be more lovable or more desirable to the opposite sex we have to be aloof. I, I'm sure you guys remember in high school the kids that, oh, I don't care, but you know they care that there's a group of girls over there. They care deeply that these girls are standing over there, but they act like they don't care. That is like some kind of persona that we have to put out there. Likewise, there's a persona that we have to be really passionate and energetic about stuff all the time, and it can be a lot to carry around when we can just be ourselves. Yeah, and that's that other people's attention um, conundrum that we, the human race, are... Mm -hmm. um, hardwired to be impressed by other people's opinions of us. I mean, came with the gene message. For whatever reason, that didn't arrive so much with me that whatever anyone else's opinion of me, it was very easy to recognize that it was really their opinion of themselves, and they're just projecting that on me. And a lot of people don't have a really good opinion of themselves, so they're just projecting that out into the world all the time, which makes it very easy to understand, and at the same time, Uh, one is given to acute ennui as a direct result because uh, after a while none of it is such a funny word it is yes and it's got two e's and an i two n's and an i uh, as does my name but that's my ennui is in my name at any rate as long as your name's not under ennui in a diagnosis we're okay could be Edward Gorey wrote um uh, in is for Neville, who died of ennui, which I thought was very funny until I recognized his code. I still think it's funny, but you know, his code very much had to do with, um, well, that's Edward Gorey, which is a subject that we won't be discussing yes, any further than at this moment. Okay, did you, so, I, I don't know if Carrie's still on the line. Carrie, are you still on the line? I am, and I want to ask you something about the stones and the healing power of the stones. I've always been attracted by rose quartz 
I don't know why, I just like jewelry with rose quartz, rings, mm -hmm. earrings, and everything. What is the healing power of rose quartz? Well, ro ro rose quartz is a, a wonderful stone. I mean, it, it's pink, and so it has a lot to do with love. And I would say if we were to tie a stone and an animal together, rose quartz and a dog would fit, superimpose over each other perfectly because dogs are about loyalty and love, unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And it really does heal those circumstances in your life, all kinds of emotional emotional things. A lot of people who have experienced a broken heart do very well with a piece of rose quartz, even if it's just mm -hmm. chipped off a big piece of rose quartz. Um, oh, God, like five years ago or something, they stu suddenly started to present rose quartz in a crystalline form, which uh, I had never heard of before. And there were little, tiny, we don't have, have any some, anymore. I have some still, yeah. I mean, in my... Yeah, still, uh, you can get a thing that's that big that's a piece of essentially a celestial rose quartz, but I, I only saw it three or four times, and now it's, I don't see it anywhere. But I suppose you could well, find rose it. Well, rose quartz is very good. Yeah. yeah. And definitely go, go forward. We'll yeah. be doing a show coming up on crystals. Neville and I do really an in-depth crystal course where we go over hundreds of different minerals, and how to use them healing, laying on of stones. And then we have an advanced gridding and uh, a crystal class that's an entire weekend where you really learn some master level gridding techniques. And so we'll, we'll bring some of the um, crystal, we'll do the, oh. where we show samples and talk about mm -hmm. the properties. So thank you, Carrie, for thank asking you. that question. Thank questions. you, yeah. Thank you, Mary. Thank, uh, thank we'd, you. we'd love to hear from you again soon. Absolutely. This is a wonderful, wonderful mm -hmm. um, branch for the show to take or path for the show to take. Thank you very much. Yeah. This and, is good. And you know, if you, you could also look at this lifetime, um, you talk about the 10 years, you can really look in that quantifiable time and see how it is we've progressed on our own path of evolution yeah. and change. And uh, very much we're doing this show to get people to, as we said, jog the papers, uh, to get people to recognize uh, what was uh, such new territory is now just incorporated into the matrix yeah. and it is as though it was always there because the amnesia that we are so fond of apparently on this planet even if we have to chemically induce it um, is ongoing <laughs> and uh, that's why I'm saying let's take a look at the 10 years because what we were introducing at the very beginning if you think somebody is more important because they make more money than you that is snow on the water that is absolutely gone. It, uh, nobody thinks like that anymore. Well, I, in the group that we're working with, that's and you wouldn't even know. And apparently, a there's quack. a duck. There's the a duck is in arriving. the house. There's a doctor in the house. Here come the duck. Here come the duck. This is Dex, Dex with the, the duck. Dangler. Yes, Dex with the duck. Dex How's with the duck. How's that for an Oh, I got on the dolphin card hidden treasure. And that's exactly something I wanted to add to what I just said. Our life is filled with hidden treasures and hidden signs and clues as to who we really are, just like that game that we just played. Yeah. Uncover them and allow yourself to really be who you are. What a wonderful mm -hmm. thing. Otherwise, we'll keep coming back until we get it to the point where we are ourselves. And I got guidance. And uh, we human beings have the idea that guidance has to have a physical form. You have to read a book. You have to go to another human being. You have to see a sign. It has to be a physical sign. Well, all those are true, too. That it, yes. 
and what we would put forth on this program is that you can just call a guide, bang, like that, and there is the guide. And you can say to the guide what would be something very important to put on the show, and uh, that would, uh, according to the guide that is speaking, uh, that it is um, uh, congratulations would be the way you would translate that, that you can get people to see, I know you're about to do this, uh, get people to see that they can have their own power. They can call a guide out of the thin air that will give very, very good advice. And we've been saying this for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, this is the reading for the earlier caller. And mm-hmm. I apologize for not retaining the, her name, but um, I definitely retained her fe- the feeling of her beautiful spirit. So uh, change mm-hmm. is the first card. And what this is talking about is, well, apart from being the subject of the show, is that when you center yourself in the midst of change, and you do that by knowing that you're the creator of the change, always, even if it seems to come as a surprise, you're never going to be blindsided or thrown off track, and that you're really looking to, you put the command out there to to make change coming up. But change without the direction of a decision can make things not always connect on the 3D where the rubber meets the road. So you're being called right now to make a decision. The no-thingness is the void from which all things spring forth. And so now's the time to decide what you'd like to call to you. And in the example that you were giving earlier about your relationship uh, with the gentleman that seems to be uh, opposing, uh, opposite of, of your wild spirit and your horse, that this compromise card is telling you not to compromise, that there's a way that everybody can win. Everyone can still be themselves, and we don't have to cut part of ourselves off that Tiana. everybody can win. Yeah. I really like to Yeah. And, oh, yes, you're right. And uh, I'd like to do a reading for uh, uh, someone that wrote today from Norway, Uni, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And so then we will get to calls, and I will go through this very quickly. And the first card we get is the burden card. And this is talking about walking through life, sometimes walking in directions that aren't even our own, that might be our parents, like, oh, you, um, your father's a doctor, so we're going to continue being a doctor, we're going to follow in that path. And that at one point in your life, you just decided, no, I'm not going to do that just because I, I, I'm following commands that aren't necessarily current choices. So you started looking at that. And you took the the journey of the hermit, where you you went inward on your inner journey, of of which we all go alone, and started realizing that the light you seek was coming from within yourself. And so that leads you to the place where you're creating consciously in your life now. And it's going to get more and more so. And I feel like an opportunity to start a business of sorts. Can you show the burden card again? The burden card. Okay. And then... Or, yeah, there we go. Okay, uh, we'll get to the close-up. When I was a small child, I heard the term cocked hat, and I thought that meant that your idea was so far from a practical reality that it would literally knock your hat cocking it back. And now on that card, Does you it, can see... Cock- yes, <laughs> there is indeed a cocked hat, which indeed has a different connotation if you think of a rooster sitting on your hat. It just... And I see how... I see how my child mind interpreted that, and I see how that I believe the um, the actual term is about the rooster on your hat. That's great. Yeah. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi. Good evening. Uh, My name is Todd. Hi, Todd. I'm calling from Philadelphia. Hi, Todd. Hey, Todd. 
How are you? Thanks for calling. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me. Um, I I had a birth. I celebrated a birthday on July the twenty sixth, and I would just appreciate a birthday ring. I would love to. And happiest of birthdays! I'm so happy that you were born. And Mm -hmm. thank you. The world's a much better place with you in it. Absolutely. And I'll hang up and just listen offline. Okay, sounds great. Thanks. Great. This first card. Um, existence. I, when I see that card, I think of a person that starts their own business. They're designed to be a creative force on this planet. And sometimes it may feel like they're walking their life alone because to be really truly creative, you have to pull yourself out of the thinking, the mainstream thinking, in that you've done that. Oh, look, two cards that are really this wonderful solitary channeling and that you're going through an extremely creative time. And this person is allowing this to flow, even though there's all this activity going around her head and old loop tapes playing, that to not listen to what other people have told you you are, or paths that you are supposed to be walking on, and really start listening to your heart. And so since this card is coming up as a birthday reading, I'm feeling this is going to be a very significant year for you to really do what you want. And look, even the third card is referencing the idea of getting your head out of thought and into action. Because if we're worried about how everybody else is going to take things, and even if you create a product, if you're too worried about the demographics and how it's going to be received, you're not really giving the creative flow behind it. So let go of maybe some of the the restrictions mentally that you've had in the past and move forward a little uh, freer as if you're dancing through life. Well, happy birthday. Yeah. We have another call. Very good, Todd. Thank you for calling. We'd love to hear from you again. Absolutely. Very soon. Uh, hi, caller. What's your name, please? Yeah, hi. This is Kim. Hi, Mary Neville. How are you? Hey, oh, good. good. How are you? All right. Kim. Good. Yeah, um, I'm in Woodbridge now, and a lot is still going on. And I guess whatever the reading shows, that's going to help me do what it is I'm supposed to do. Okay. Okay. Thank you. We'll do that one. The first card, the postponement, we are taught to postpone the good things for, that. that's for heaven. Oh, we're supposed to suffer now. I mean, that's honestly in a lot of the subconscious mind of humanity. Yeah. What this is saying is the color world is starting to come back in, and it's in the form of our self-expression coming around his neck or her neck. It's saying, stop putting off for tomorrow what you could enjoy today. It's like the opposite of procrastination. It's do today what you would enjoy today. You can't catch tomorrow's fish with today's worm, and you can't enjoy tomorrow's stuff, to, tomorrow stuff today. So you've got to live in the moment with that. And the mind card, after we take a decision, let's say, and we run it through our mind over and over, after a while it starts shredding the information rather than making it more clear. Run it through the mind, then let it go. And now's the time to really let go of the past and, and that and live fully in the moment. This card uh, ordinariness comes up often to signify buying or selling real estate or making a move. But it's so much about finding the joy buried in each moment, whether it's on the bride's face on her wedding day or under a pile of laundry. But it's always there. Sometimes you just have to look a little harder for it. And uh, one more call. Okay. Or Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Arlene. Hi, Arlene. Arlene, what can we do for you? I was just wondering if I could have a reading with Mary. I'm enjoying the show online from Maryland. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. It's so good to have you join us and to call Mm -hmm. in. The first card 
is the We Are the World card. I love this because it lets us know that we're all unique. We're all of the same height. We all have our own dance. And you probably have, I, I don't know, I feel with you that you might have changed a lot of careers very dynamically, like done this and then done that. And that we are taught that we have to figure out one thing to be, but you're not. You really have a lot of interest and a lot of skills. And sometimes that can freeze you up. And laziness, there's no such word as laziness. The better question is, why don't I want to do it? Why am I making me do it? I feel like maybe you have so many interests and talents, it's kind of freezing you up right now. And to just let go of that and not place so much judgment. Don't be so hard on yourself. Open up and allow you to be who you really are. Okay, well, thank you. And do we have time for any more? Okay. Uh, yeah. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hey, how you doing? Hey, good. good. Hey, Mary. How you doing? Good. How are you? Great. I love you. Well, we love you, too. Hey, Neville. How you doing? Better hey. and better. Hey. You know, I must say, I've been watching you guys for many, many years. And, and Neville, you actually have more on-air appearances than Lady Gaga. Hey, that's really saying something. Yeah, I swear. And hey, we don't you, know what, but it's something. He's you, a gentleman. He's Yes. What can we he, do? He talks about the third eye all the time, and I have no idea what he's talking about. Can you explain? It's the pineal gland, and it's in the center of your head, and it actually has a lens and color receptors, just like your other eye. And in our evolutionary path, uh, if you watch the developing fetus, the pineal gland is right in the center of their forehead as an eye, and it retreats into the center of the brain. And it, it, it governs our circadian rhythm, and it... And it's what enables you to see in your dreams, to visualize when your eyes are closed. Yeah, and it's and the radio dial that you can tune into other frequency bands. Yeah, and there's a great deal that you can do to develop yours. If you want to really develop your third eye, and I haven't said this before, blindfold yourself for 24 hours. Okay. Now, I'm going to say there are going to be bruises on your knees and your toes aren't going to be quite as aligned. And there may be several bumps on other parts of your head. But by the end of the 24 hours, you will have so developed the third eye that you'll be able to see things without the use of your eyes. And then that first set of steps uh, begins a process by which you can see through time, you can see certainly through space, you can see events, you can... Um, I've used mine for many years to look into people's past lives and to assist people for them to look into their past lives. It's, uh, the psychic faculty would be a very good way to describe the third eye. And uh, about once every six months we do an opening of the third eye ceremony uh, in which we um, do, uh, well, strangely enough, a ritual ceremony that activates it and then you get some practice with it. And Well, there's uh, also a lot of information about how because a truth is going to be a truth on all dimensional planes. Yeah, okay. Yes. And we have uh, just a few moments left on the okay. show. I, I think uh, that's probably about it. Okay. Uh, we're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Circle. Uh, if you're out and about, stop in and see us. We'd love to uh, get a moment to say hi in person. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've been... Um, What's been going on? Oh, we're going to do our um, broadcast for a, a show for you and a uh, show on, um, what is it, Ustream. 
we're both going to do a show on Ustream. Well, we, it will be on our website. Yeah, through Ustream. Rather well. than, yeah. However that works. That's, that's my grasp of the tech. However it works. I'll be sending emails if you're on the mailing list. Because yeah. we're going to be doing other shows apart from this one where you can call in and get some more in-depth counseling, reading, whatever we yeah, want to call it. Yeah, however that works. And ask questions. Whomever that works. Yeah. Whomever. Yeah. Whomever. Whom. Whom. Yes, that's a Harvard owl. Yes. It was our joy and honor to take you to the door. And you know you're going through the door, so quit fooling around and go through the door. <laughs>